Welcome to Stories of Growth, a series of conversations with modern day business leaders who share their stories of growth and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm William Rowe, founder and CEO of Protein. I've been helping businesses grow for over 20 years and I've always been fascinated by the people behind these organizations, where they come from and what drives them forward. For season five, we're moving into the world of Web3 and speaking to the people who are putting communities first in order to manifest a more equitable and decentralized future. In this episode, I catch up with Latasha, music artist, head of community programming at Zora, an overall Web3 icon. While she strolled around LA, we discussed the power and potential of Web3 for music artists and the importance of language in creating accessibility. This was recorded live in the Protein Discord, so make sure you follow our socials or visit ProteinXYZ for all our upcoming events. So yeah, so excited to have you with us today for our stories of growth. Um, why don't we just open with you know, just a little background, set the scene for us as to uh, you know where you are. I always like to bring some geography into these online worlds, um, but also just a little bit about what you've been up to recently. Thank you so much. Um, sorry, firstly, because I had to take a walk um, and to set the scene, I am in Los Angeles, California on the LA River. Um, doing my daily walk <laughs> that I have to oh, wait, do. Oh, wait, you're walking now? <laughs> yeah, I'm walking I and love talking that. right now with you. There we go. I can um, picture this now. So, what are you seeing? Like, <laughs> describe, your, describe your, like, your environment. <laughs> right now, I'm on the LA River, the side of the river that actually has water flowing. And there's some trees and some crazy debris um, from weather, but um, it's beautiful. And I'm watching the mountains and talking to all of you beautiful people. Um, Love it. Love uh, but it. Background story um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I was born and raised in New York City. Um, lived in New York pretty much my whole life, except for the last two and a half years when we moved to California. Um, I found myself with music probably my whole life. Um, music has always kind of been embedded in my core since I was a kid. My mom was a dancehall queen back in the 80s. And um, yeah, I just always kind of had music flowing through me, but never could express it as a kid um, or as a teenager, um, partially young adult as well, because growing up in New York, the walls are thin. You know, you can't really be singing as loud as you want to <laughs> without sure. your parents telling you to, you know, quiet down. Um, so I utilized writing and poetry and journaling to really find means of expression um, in my younger years. And then I had a partner who passed away when I was about 15. Um, and he wanted to be a poet and rapper. And I feel like his spirit kind of drove me to move into the direction that I did. I went to Wesleyan University where I studied Black studies, hip hop, and psychology. And there I found a real deep focus in my understandings of the Black body within hip hop, within United States and commodification, et cetera, et cetera. And I wrote theses about just what it means to be a Black body in a world that doesn't really see you as human. Um, and so a lot of my work was like in play form or prose, things like that. And, you know, I thought I was going to go to Broadway. I was like, word, I'm going to go to Broadway and do these really amazing performance art pieces. <laughs> and, um, never did happen. I ended up going to work at a financial firm <laughs> right out of school. And at the same time was also doing like poetry slams and ciphers all around the East Coast. And before I knew it, I made my first mixtape totally by accident, was kidding around. And someone was like, yo, I think you really should go for this rap thing. So I kept making music. And before I knew it, I was opening for Kanye and Q-Tip and Big Sean and all these crazy people. And I was like, okay, maybe I am a rapper. <laughs> maybe I manifested myself into this world of hip hop. Um, and I do believe that 
the higher realms or whatever we're going to call it, was like, you studied hip hop. Now you're going to know what it means to be a hip hop artist. And so on my journey, I did not know anything about the industry. All I knew is that people wanted to get signed. And that was like the pinnacle of being a musician. But when I found myself in labels, I just didn't understand why people would want to get signed, why people want, would want these things when I was doing so much of it by myself already. And I didn't have to give anything to anyone. So I kind of went through a deep depression with the music industry and how they wanted me to fortify myself into this like sexualized being that I just was not. And um, found myself in a really dark place um, in 2016. Um, stopped making music for some time. And then a woman heard one of my songs called Black Magic. She bestowed me $10,000 to quit my nine to five and move out of my house. And I was like, okay, I got to do this thing. And so since then, I've been just running this independence route. And it's been really hard. I'm not going to act like it's an easy journey, but it's a journey that I'm grateful that I took. Um, I mean, I've been through homelessness and couch surfing and all the things that artists go through. But what really transformed everything was finding community. I found my partner, Jamel, and my two best friends, T and Angel. And we became Lighthouse. And then we created content together and moved to L.A. together and decided that we really wanted to figure out ways that we could contribute to each other's lives and work. And so I moved here. Then the pandemic hit. Then I found NFTs and life. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> so good. Wow. What an incredible story. And um would love to, like I said, there's loads I want to cover. So I'm, ho I'm hoping we're going to get through it all in the next hour. <laughs> but <laughs> I would love to start with that transition. And we as a, as a community, uh, you know, a similar sort of experience about this transition from sort of Web 2 to Web 3. And would love mm -hmm. just to touch on your experience of that, you know, positive and negative. Um, yeah, we're really keen to make sure we're, you know, we're not, you know, glossing everything um, and, you know, and keeping right. it as real as possible in terms of uh, you know, Web3 isn't the answer for everything. So, yeah, we'd love to hear that part of your story. Yeah, I mean, Web2 was important for us because it allowed me to create the content that I was creating, right? Um, it allowed me to make the art that I was creating, essentially. Um, I utilized, like, Instagram, Twitter, all of these means to really just like find my fan base, find my communities, find people that, you know, was resonating with the art that I was making. And um, I did pretty well for, you know, an artist without a marketing team or, you know, management or anything. I just like kept making art. And that was at the core of me. Like, just keep making art, just keep making art. Um, the problems with Web2 was that you were getting gatekept, that you were dealing with like industries that wanted you to be a specific box of self. Um, and you were finding yourself kind of trapped in having to be just one thing. And I always kind of seen myself as this multidimensional artist. And um, then, of course, dealing with like publishing and the music industry's workings and how, you know, artists aren't getting paid properly and how, you know, all the things that people think artists are doing on the, the music videos and stuff is not essentially real. Um, you know, dealing with all of that, it was really incredible to find NFTs because my money wounds were finally getting met and healed and, you know, kind of touched on. And that wasn't something that Web2 was offering me at the time and the way that I wanted it to see and the control that I wanted to have. Um, and so getting into Web3 was like a life changer spiritually, mentally, and physically. Um, and was able, I was able to really find my bearings again. And so I started my first NFT drop in February on Zora. <laughs> and sold in three minutes and then i never looked back <laughs> <laughs> that was the music video right 
yeah, that was one of my first music videos. Um, I like that. And just give me some, um, you know, let's talk about the money, right? If this is, and I love your point on healing your money wounds. Um, just for those who haven't seen it, like, what did that go for? Oh, well, the first music video I've ever released was like, I sold it for a thousand dollars because I was so excited to just like know somebody wanted my content for a thousand dollars. And then as we continue to move through this journey, I kept releasing different works like poetry and, you know, um, artwork that I did, et cetera. But my first big sale was in May. We got something of like 2.5 ETH for a music video. That was a short and it was Mac diverse. And now that's on the that's on the blockchain for five million dollars now for <laughs> the secondary market. Wow. And then our second, yeah, our second one was Glow Up Remix that sold for 10 ETH. Um, and that was like, I think, 30K. And then the, the most significant was obviously Go Go Wine, which is the highest selling music video on the blockchain now, sold for 13.5K. And that was like 50K dollars. I mean, 13.5 ETH. And that was 50K dollars. So good. Congratulations. That's all I can Thank say. Right? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it is really insane because with all the things that I've done this, well, the last year and a half, um, we've pretty much um, made, I pretty much made what I would have made in a record deal, like a, 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 like a significant independent record deal. Mm-hmm. I made that without having to sign with a label, without having to do any of that. And just on that, I just, and like I said, that's phenomenal. And I think to us or anybody coming in, this is really where from a creator and an artist perspective, I mean, that's the opportunity. And of course you have to have the talent um, to start with, but in terms of the, you know, the web three as a technology to enable the distribute, like direct distribution and revenue generate, like it's, it's unparalleled. So um would love to just touch on the ownership piece and, and, you know, drawing parallels back to Web2, you know, who owns the masters, certainly within the music industry. Yeah. How are you approaching that as an artist through, and, and I think explicitly as a music artist? Um, Absolutely. How's, I think maybe this is more, maybe as a, this is how you're approaching it, but maybe equally for other musicians or other artists out there, um, any advice or recommendations? Absolutely. So with NFTs, I want you to always keep in mind that you keep your masters, you keep your ownership of everything unless you decide to give ownership via smart contract, via agreement that you have with whoever you're speaking to or whoever is your collectors. So if you decide to use a platform like Royal, you would be giving ownership of your master. However, if you decide to use a platform like Catalog or Sound, you still get to keep your master. So that is at the root um, that I want everyone to keep, that the master is yours. If a platform tells you that they're taking your master, run. <laughs> that is what you want to do. You want to run. Um, so that was the beauty for me because with um, Web2, even Instagram owns some of our content, you know, like they say it explicitly in their terms that, you know, whatever you put onto Instagram, they could utilize however they want. And I was really upset about that when I found that out. Um, and then as for labels, you know, as soon as you sign with a, co- a contract with the label, they own your masters automatically, or at least parts of it, just depending on how you do your record contract. So I never signed my masters to anyone um, except for two records that I actually ended up also selling onto the blockchain, the music videos for. But when I, um, when I sold it via the blockchain, I ended up making the terms favor me. So I had more leverage. Um, so when I sold Go Go Wine and Who I Am, those two songs are under a publisher and a sync label. And so when I sold it, I gave the sync label, I think 15% of whatever I sold it. And I ended up with a higher amount, the 85%, which was incredible because that is not something that happens often for, you know, musicians. They don't usually have the the choice or the say to say what it is. 
And so that's how I am utilizing the system to really make choice, to really make decisions on how I want things to, you know, play out for myself because we deserve it. And just on that, just for those who aren't in the music industry, what would the Web2 deal be equivalent of that in terms of that percentage split? Oh, so nasty. Some some places you're getting the 10% or 15% or 25 is probably the highest you could get for a label deal. Um, and that is sometimes without an advance, you know, um, and that's problematic. Artists don't aren't able to really live with it. <laughs> You're just making 15%. And if you do get an advance, let's say you end up getting an advance. An advance for people who don't understand is like an amount of money people give you um, to create, like to say that, okay, you, you've made this album with us. Here's like $10,000 um, for yourself, but you have to recoup that, which means that you have to pay that back to the label. So your 25% or whatever amount doesn't kick in until you pay back that advance. And that's like pretty much impossible for artists to live on. Like an advance of $10,000 is a few months. And then you also have to recoup it. So what are you doing for the next three months or so? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, right? And that's even before any of the engineers or studio hires or any of the costs oh don't even against you know we can't even go we can't (laughs) even go on that they should just call it what it is which is a loan um exactly it's literally yeah um no really good to share that because i think that as i said really highlights you know the stark difference and therefore the opportunity as a creative artist an artist of any any type um in terms of sort of leveling this playing field um and just moving on, and I was listening actually to uh, you on a previous podcast and talking a lot about language. And uh, we, we've done a similar you know, challenge about onboarding and understanding and education and would love to you know, just delve into that language point. Uh, and I think you mentioned it's sort of fam, not fans. And it's it's subtle, but <laughs> it's subtle but important. And again, we just love to just get a little bit more context as to your you know, your view on that. Yeah, thank you for that question. I really try to approach everything I'm doing with a holistic lens, you know, as much as I can. I'm still a human, so you know, there's days where I'm going to trip, but the, for the most part, I try to view things with this holistic lens of like nurturing and really like caring, not just like the separation of individual versus the collective. I'm often trying to stay with the collective while also being mindful of my individual needs, right? Mm -hmm. And boundaries. Um, So when I speak of language, I'm often trying to think about like, what's an inclusive type of language that we could utilize within Web3? What's something that um, doesn't feel discriminatory or feel like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, I don't know, there's an underlying current in the language of Web3 sometimes that I feel is elitist. Um, and I want to try our best to stir away from that. Um, and I, I mean, that comes from Web3 actually coming from times of like stock exchange and et cetera, et cetera. You know, like the language, a lot of it comes from brokers, brokers language. Um, like alpha, et cetera, et cetera. But I would love for us to take the opportunity to just shift language and think about language in different ways, even how we structure our teams. So instead of thinking of a manager, I'm starting to think of a manager instead, like a main contributor. And instead of thinking I'm going to create a label, I'm thinking about, okay, how can I create an agency that offers agency to others? Um, I try not to say alpha, but I always end up saying it anyway, <laughs> but instead of saying alpha, I'm all, I'm often thinking about just like, you know, knowledge. That's all it is. It's just knowledge. Um, and I, I just, I'm constantly trying to think about other things that we can say. And it's back to that idea of fan versus fam, right? Once you say your, you know, supporters are your fam, that's creating this collective. This is creating this community around the work. Um, and that creates more lines of connection for everybody, right? Like it's not just 
you versus them. It's like us. And so I'm often thinking about how can we relay this to us? Yeah, I love that. And I mean, so many good points there. And you're not on the you're not on the chat. Um, but it's blowing up. You'll be glad to know. There's a lot. There's a lot of love for you on the uh, in oh, the chat right guys. now. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, that, Mel's point. I'm just going to bring in about thinking about intentionality. Um, yeah, is is a huge point when it comes to language, and and I think as you said, for anybody new coming into something that they don't understand, like the language is the entry point. And without understanding the words, then at what point are you going to be able to start learning what this is? And um, which brings on to education, obviously. And I think with that, we'd also love to learn a bit more about your light work uh, project. Um, not sure what stage it is, but it looks fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe you could just uh, touch on that and let everybody know. Obviously, it's not an alpha because we're not allowed to use that word. But ultimately, in terms of what's what's coming up with that. So beautifully enough, Lightwork was a project that I was working on before getting into Web3. I um, was building this concept of a, a support agency for artists to figure out like their emotional and, you know, spiritual needs um, and how to utilize those needs to manifest betterment in their environments. And um, I did this like really in-depth decolonization course um, by this woman named Africa, who was just incredible um, being of light and just taught me so much about just the heart work um, and how, how we can utilize our heart work to really create a different form of, of company. Um, I just... I just hate how. Sorry, the what do you has... what do you mean about that? That's in terms of how we approach structuring and organizing, yes, or in terms exactly. of personally All how of we it. would approach problems. All of it. So how we personally approach our power, our politics, our like, our our I like to say our our lower chakras, <laughs> our lower selves, um, the individual. How we personally deal with ourselves and others in that you know respect, and then how that approach connects with the companies that we keep, the industries that we work in, et cetera. Um, and it's big on taking, taking ourselves out of the capitalistic model and, or not just taking ourselves out of it, but approaching the capitalistic model in a sense that centers the heart versus just, you know, getting what I, I got to get. And, and, and of, instead of thinking of survival, thinking of how we could thrive. Um, and so Lightwork was born out of that concept. Um, and, and is this beautiful thing that I'm still trying to build. But I feel like I've built it um, through Web3 and unintentionally. Um, I feel like what I do with Zora what I do with her story, what I do with all the communities that I'm part of is light work in itself. It's this work of like just getting your heart right um, so that you could do well within spaces without feeling conflict, without feeling like you have to give yourself up, without feeling, sorry, big helicopter, um, without feeling all these things that we feel often when we're within these industries. I think, um, the, you know, being a part of the hip hop industry, I'm grateful that I was some capacities a part of it. But a lot of it was just me trying to heal myself out of the mm. traumas that I was dealing with. A lot, a lot of it was just me healing my mental strifes and my childhood, my inner childhood, you know, all of that. And so the project is based on that kind of concept and it's kind of on a pause but kind of not because I feel like right now I'm just kind of working through that through Zora through all the other projects that I'm in yeah and I'm yeah I mean a thousand percent on all of that and we ran a forum the other week on mental health in in web3 and you know based on a channel in our our discord called tough questions which are 
I mean, it's exactly that. Asking the questions that aren't really being asked um, around, you know, personal well-being and, you know, diversity, inclusion, intention, all of the key, you know, fundamentals for, and you mentioned community, and ultimately this is what it is, you know, it's based on our relationships and our values. Um, Exactly. Unless you're really challenging that and collectively understanding and, you know, resolving those, then, you know, we're not really going to, I mean, we're going to default back to Web 2, and I don't think anybody, <laughs> we're not here for that. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying our best not to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned Zora there, and again, another one of your multi- multiple projects, um, <laughs> the the Zootopia, if I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies if I'm not. Yeah, you are. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me, A, how to pronounce it, and B, a bit more about it. Well, Zortopia, you pronounce it perfectly. Um, okay, thanks. Is is something I born I birthed out of Zora. Um, just being a part of Zora is, has been such a blessing. Um, this opportunity to like build with a platform and have a seat at the table and say the things that community is looking for has truly been such a blessing. But when I got into Zora, I was like the same questions were coming up for me. Like people were just asking me the same kind of questions. Like, how do I mint? How do I onboard? How do I do this and that? And I was just like, man, I just got to teach a big old class with everybody in it. Um, but Round like, up, round up. It's yeah, school. You know, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like round up everybody. And it's, it's not even a school. Honestly, it feels like everybody's just kicking it and asking questions. Um, and so I started these private Zooms because I was, one, wanting to create safety for the creatives or developers or whoever that had these questions and didn't want to feel, like, discouraged by, like, the, a number of people in the space, et cetera, et cetera. So I created these private Zooms called Zortopia, where I just, you know, onboard folks. I help them mint their first piece. I answer all their questions that I can in a two-hour slot. And um, it has evolved so beautifully, like... Now it's more than just the Zoom. It's like turning into its own community of artists coming together and working with each other. And we have like separate chats where they all connect with each other and support each other. Every morning they're GMing. <laughs> it's, so, it's so beautiful to witness. And then along with that was that when we went to NFT NYC, we realized there wasn't space for you know, the marginalized community, um, at least a safe space where artists felt like they could be their fullest selves. And so out of that, we created Crypto Cookout, which was one of our first initiatives to, you know, support. And then after that, I was like, all right, we're going to throw Zoratopia IRL. And that became our digital meets IRL experience. Um, and it's so wait, incredible. So wait, Crypto Cookout came out of uh, Zootopia? No, Crypto Cookout came out. So Zortopia hosted Crypto Cookout, um, ah, which was got it. which was our that. first. Yeah, it was one of our first kind of hosts um, with Zora, and so that happened. Um, when did that happen? That happened in NFT NYC. So Zortopia supported Crypto Cookout, and then after that, we did like an actual in real life event, not the not the one that you guys saw online. So we did an in real life event at NFT NYC and then Zortopia IRL was birthed at Art Basel. And then we were like, we're going to do this all the time. So now I'm constructing a tour for Zortopia to go all over the world. (laughs) Um, And it's just been really amazing because so many people want this information, um, but also want community. Like, I think the best way to learn is with a community of people. Um, and so Zortopia has really became this place where people feel like they're learning together and could like talk about their strifes and talk about their joys. But also a lot of it is like really just pushing each other. And um, I'm really excited for it. So now we split it up. We have Zortopia for newbies on the top of the month where people who are completely new to Web3 can come and answer i mean ask all their questions and then at the end of the month we have zortopia for ogs where we have like special special guests we just had d goins from zora's team co-founder of zora 
And next we're going to have Jadena. <laughs> I can't believe we're having Jadena, the singer, come to Zora, <laughs> to Zoratopia to learn and learn how to mint his first piece. So it's going to be really awesome. And I'm excited for its evolution. That's so good. I love it. And any, any updates on where you're going to drop down on your tour? Or is that still TBC? Next stop is South by Southwest. So I hope we can get like 600 people to pull up. Um, it's going to be a really fun event. We have two days of it. Um, Crypto Cookout's going to also be one of those days. And then we're going to do something. I don't know if I could say the, all, all the, the word I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could say all of it, but some really special collaborations are coming at South by Southwest. So pull up. Yeah, amazing. Any plans to come to Europe? Yes, we do have a plan for London. Perfect. This year, which is awesome. And hopefully Berlin, if, you know, we could do it right. Okay. Let me know about the London one, yeah? Gotcha. <laughs> um, I would love to dig uh, just a bit more on, and I love that, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, something starting from, I mean, nothing effectively, right? And as a germ, as a seed of an idea and evolving into something that, you know, generates its own momentum. And one of the things that, again, one of the questions, tough questions we've been asking is, is that role of culture in a, uh, you know, communication, learning, education, and, and, and all the different characters. But, you know, this idea of, sort of cu culture as a public good, um, you know, through the lens of nobody really owns it, but everybody contributes to it. And, uh, and I, I think it comes full circle back to the beginning of our conversation about you as an artist and and I would love to just understand a little bit more about how that makes you feel uh, in terms of that contribution and that, uh, you know, addition to the world of culture, but, you know, through this lens of, of public good that, you know, ultimately anybody can benefit from and build from. Um, I feel as an artist, I have this responsibility to offer public process and or like I, I'm probably one of the only artists who feel this way but personally I especially in the world we're in right now I feel like I have to offer public process and public you know <laughs> blueprint to folks yep. because we've lived in a world that you know artists didn't know how to really make ends meet or didn't know how to like get rent or food on their table. And um, I am very grateful that I figured out so many different tools to support that, right? And my in my walk. And so what I utilize, you know, my music for, my being for, my, you know, social media for is to like really offer that. And I think it's imperative, especially in this paradigm that we're shifting into that we offer that kind of insight to each other. Um, I think we've lived in a world for so long that everything was guarded <laughs> and everything was like hidden and people were afraid to share because of whatever reason, because of scarcity, because of this lack mentality. And I'm just like kind of overliving that. And um, as a part of the culture, which I'm very honored to be a part of, and I feel we all are a part of this, I just want to have the, I want to offer, you know, all I can offer because when I pass and I go on and I, you know, live my next life, I want to know that more artists was like forging their paths through these ideas of freedom or autonomy that they, they wanted for so long, you know, and I'm happy to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And a question from Mel here. What was the most important unlearning that needs to happen when transitioning into Web3? Um, the most important, I think, was the one I did before getting into Web3, which was getting out of lack mindset and um, decolonizing myself. Um, I think that really forged. It's so ironic that I did a decolonization course right before decentralization. Um, so it was really this like really funny thing that happened. But I think those two things really assisted me because one, lack, I, I always say this, 
you guys know that this is probably going to be on my like header for everything. But Ethereum is an energy form, right? And what we're playing with here on the blockchain is energy. And so it's all about how you bring forward your energy into the space, how you perceive things, how your perspectives on everything that we're bringing on here. If you come in with this idea that, you know, this space is not for me, this space is not going to work for me, I'm not going to promote, I'm not going to push myself, then the, the space is going to do the same for you. But if you come in with this open-mindedness, this idea that, you know, I can do this stuff, my art deserves, you know, et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot more chance for you to, like, find space here. Um, and not to say, like, the being who's not in that place can't make it, but I think it takes a lot of work to get there. Um, and then as for the decolonization, this concept of, like, hard work, um, and community building and connecting and, you know, understanding your own political self, like your own power structures, um, really allow you to move in this space with like better intention. I think a lot of times people just came into the space with this grab, you know, this cash grab mentality. And, you know, even I, I will say, when I first saw Jamel, my partner, you know, sell his first <laughs> piece here, I was like, okay, you're getting that money. All right. You know, I was excited for him. <laughs> but what I, I, and then when I did my first, I was like, oh, this is amazing. But, you know, that wasn't it. That wasn't enough. You know, what was, what really stamped everything was my opportunity to meet people and connect with people and see others' art and see how other people in my worlds live. Um, and I, that's what really solidified this for me. And mm -hmm. I hope I answered your question, but no, no, that, no, was, it's, that was in my gut to say. No, that's great. And I, uh, you know, we, we've, we've covered quite a lot of ground. And to me, the, the constant here is an incredible drive um but also some uh, some values that are you know they're unbelievable um <laughs> just in terms <laughs> of staying true and would love to you know i guess rewind to you know the young uh, latasha um <laughs> brooklyn latasha um and maybe just dig into that you know family vibe and set up and you know, maybe try and un understand a bit more about where that, you know, this approach and you know, this mindset was 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 defined and rooted. And yeah, we'd, we'd love to just understand a little bit more about that in terms of you know siblings or you know childhood yeah. and and what, what 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 that was like for you. Yeah, I mean, um, my childhood was really complex and complicated and. You know, although I have this very, you know, optimistic mindset, I also am a realist, as a lot of people will let you know. <laughs> um, but I didn't grow up in like a home that was easy. You know, it was very complicated, a lot of um, turmoil, a lot of, you know, strife and lack mentality. But also, un like within that, all a lot of love, right? Because I, I think at the root and at our base, everything is love like it's all mm -hmm. love and although you could be dealing with a lot in life it's because it's it's this this yearning for love um and so I didn't come come up in the easiest world but I came up with a lot of I know it's love regardless and um and I think that's what has allowed me to really become the woman that I am today um, I went through a lot through my childhood and through, you know, being in the industry. You know, I've seen people pass um, that I, I, I wish I believe are icons in my eyes. You know, I've seen artists, you know, go and come. And I've seen like my family go through a lot. And I don't know, it's so much. I can't even like wrap my head around everything that I've been through. But I know, I know what was significant for me was like this change of course. I, at one point in my life, I just didn't want to continue this idea of suffering the way I was seeing it. I think that suffering is always going to be a part of like the human experience. 
but I think it's about how we ride that wave, you know, and how we kind of deal with these moments of, you know, um, I was reading, I was listening to Power of Now the other day, and it was talking about like emotion and how we utilize emotion. And I think, you know, I think like the book said, joy is at our base, right? And love is at our base. And like, all of that is at our base. And the the pain and all and the suffering and et cetera are just these moments in time. And it's about how we deliver the energy to those moments. Um, and I think in my life, I've just tried to do my best to not live in those moments for too long. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I entirely get it. And were there any guiding voices, you know, role models in, in, in those sort of harder times? I think my peers are often my role models. I think, you know, my partner, Jamel, has really, you know, helped me shape a lot of myself and my two best friends, Angel and T. Um, and then I had this one really amazing writer that I can't say her name, but she was a huge role model um, and really became a mentor for me for some time to just transform my mind into abundance and see myself as this abundant being. Um, but my notebooks are really like my role models really so funny. Like if I read like old notebooks and old texts, I find so many affirmations for myself. And um, it's this weird, like me talking to myself thing that I got going on. Um, <laughs> but, but that's, that's a lot of like, who I am, just a lot of me talking to myself. I'm an only child too. So like a lot of it's just me kind of pushing through myself, the things that I want to become. Cool. Um, I'm going to ask this for Claire, but what's your star sign? I'm a Capricorn. Oh, my star. Wait, is that rising? I can't remember. I'm a cat. I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, wait, yeah. uh, wait, because there's North Star. Wait, what, what is, is it North Stars? South Node? No, that's North Node, South Node. I'm, I'm a little, I didn't get my coffee yet, y'all, so forgive me. <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> that's all good. That's all good. Um, yeah, no, it's great to hear that. And just from a, again, like a setting a context as to your, you know, current trajectory and you know, resilience, uh, which is a word I come back to quite often uh, for any... You know, any... actually, sorry, resilience yeah, no, no, is carry actually, on. for my birthday, that's the, I'm the day of resilience. You know those oh, you books are. that be telling, yeah, you, you know those books that be telling you what's your days? Um, yeah, my day is the day of resilience, so Wait, look and, at and that. What's your, what's, what's your color? Did you, was there a color with your word or just a word? I don't remember, but I think it's like a garnet reddish color. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is so good. What? Where am Where am I going to go next? Um, yeah. So what I'd love. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd love, just in terms of, you know, building on this thread of, um, so much influence, but evolution, uh, in terms of your, you know, your. It's not even rebirth, but certainly in terms of. Who, who you've now become. Um, maybe coming back to that idea of, of being open and sharing and, and uh, you know, providing recommendations or, or ideas. Um, if there are any other artists or collectives, we'd love to hear also a little bit about her story. Um, you know, basically any groups, organizations, communities, artists that you're involved with that you'd love to, you know, sh sh shine a light on. Uh, well, yeah, we'd love to dig into that. Her story is amazing. Um, a group of, you know, women and binary artists that I just adore. Um, that we've been through a, a, a lot of roads right now, just a lot of different terrain right now, because creating a DAO comes with a lot of terrain. That's just what it is. You're dealing mm -hmm. with like 50 different people and it's just going to be a lot. But at the root, <laughs> <laughs> it's at the root it's love and um I think we all have this innate understanding that the community needs her story to to live because we need spaces for black women like we just need it um mm -hmm. the space 
does not speak for us all the time. And we need to have a collective that will support Black artists and Black women and non-binary folk the way that her story is approaching this. And so I'm honored to be an active member of it. We still got a ways to go because Dow Life is a ways to go. But I think, you know, the future of her story is going to be amazing to, because a lot of the artists within it are just some of the most incredible artists within the space. We're dealing with like Lauren Washington, Ick Shells, um, Faith Love, you know, Linda. It's just like all of the most incredible artists that are in the space are in her story. And I'm just so grateful for that because I'm always inspired every time I connect with all these women and beings. Shout out to Raven too, like this incredible photographer also. Um, yeah, but that's her story for now. I'm also part of FWB and you guys know about FWB already, I'm mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, we're but, up um, FWB. <laughs> yeah, but I've supported their fellow their fellows program to bring in sure. more diverse yeah, which communities. Is a great, it's a great program. <laughs> yeah, I love I love FWB for bringing that on. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I jump into different spaces all the time. I'm all over the place. But um, at the root, you know, it's Zora. I'm always at Zora. That's where I'm living right now. <laughs> and Zoratopia. Oh, that's so good. Um, all right. Just conscious of time. A few sort of, yeah, I'm going to pull final questions. But, you know, it's some that will hopefully sort of start wrapping some of this up. But... What if there is one thing that you're genuinely excited about right now in Web3, what would that be? I am excited. Um, I honestly am very excited for Zoratopia because I feel like what we're going to create with this tour is this opportunity for us to really find the real worlds of Web3. I think Web3 has had this narrative that is not always the prettiest. Um, and I'm excited to kind of shift that narrative to understanding the other side of this thing and understanding like this has really been a tremendous space to offer to Black artists and marginalized communities to find oneness within themselves. And so I'm hyped for Zoratopia to tour because I feel a lot of people out there in the world need this voice and this perspective in comparison to what you know, we've always seen from Web3. Yeah, no, I hear you. You've, you've just been made the analogy of the Web3 Rihanna, by the way, by Pri in the chat. So, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be Latasha, but thank you. I do adore you, <laughs> <for> Rihanna. <laughs> um, and there's a question there just in terms of, um, you know, being a public figure and an artist. Uh, yeah, it feels like a strength of mind in terms of you know, forgetting about the haters and any tips or advice on, on, on keeping that focus. The block button is your best friend. Utilize that block <laughs> button at all costs. Um, no, I, I mean, honestly, it's just about one, finding a collective where you feel at home with, right, and safe with mm-hmm. is important. You really want to have that while you're in this space. And that's why I urge people to join Zoratopia because I feel like there's so many collectives within Zoratopia that is love. Um, one. And then two, yes, block button is really important. It's vital to protect your energy in these spaces that we're in and Discord and Twitter, all of it. If someone is antagonizing you or doing too much and your energy does trust your energy, please trust your intuition. If if your intuition is like, eh, nope, this isn't it. Get out. Get out as soon as you can. Y'all know I'm big on running. But um, your intuition is key in this space. So please please utilize your block button and utilize that mute button when you feel like it's too much for you. And take breaks. You know, like try to get a quarterly vacation or stay away from the phone going. Um, It's really vital for your mental health. Yeah, no, subscribe to that. We actually ran a... We call it silent night mode over the over the over the vacation where we enforced <laughs> we enforced read only on all the Discord channels. So you, you I love couldn't, that you couldn't even like post if you wanted to. Um, oh my so, gosh! Which was amazing, actually, and the whole core team, everybody just yeah, we have we had proper time off, and I think that's an important thing to remember. 
Um, I pull up to protein more. I need to be in here more. You guys hey, got some vibes going. You know, just wait till you check out the channel, the the chat channel. There's a lot. There's a lot of love for you in there. Um, oh, thanks, guys. Some final questions. Um, favorite thing in your wallet? My crypto coven right now. Um, I love my crypto coven and uh, coven. I gotta say it right. I'm so ridiculous. Yeah, crypto coven. My doodle, I love all my felt zines. Um, and then I have some incredible art. I can't lie. I have some of the best art in my, my um, collection. I just collected an Isaac um, project. And then I collected another one from uh, Nia Simone. I mean, I have so much cool shit in my wallet. But right now, my crypto coven and my glitches is probably some of my faves. Yeah, nice. Um Two final questions. What's the best way of someone contacting you if they want to follow up, catch up? You know, Don't contact me. Don't contact me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think right now just email is really okay. Um, it's contact at carmelatasha.com. My DMs are flooded, so please do not, do not hit up my DMs because you will not get answered probably till next month, and I'll feel really terrible about it. But okay. um Email is great. Cool. <laughs> and then <clears throat> final question, who would you like to hear from on the show? From here on this show? So I'm yeah. nominating someone? Yay. Yeah, go for um, it. I'm going to nominate um, Iman Europe and Sassy Black. Awesome. That would be amazing. And then also, I'll, I want to also nominate Art by Ja because I think he needs to get some more love. Okay, awesome. <laughs> we would definitely follow that up. Latasha, this has been phenomenal. Um, yeah, so good to hear your story. And um, yeah, there's, as I said, there's a lot of love for you in the in in the chat. Uh, so when when oh, you get I'm back from your up. walk, <laughs> when you get back from your walk, you can uh, you can dig in, and you know you are a member now in in, in terms of protein. So please do come hang yeah. out and chat. I will. Um, Thank you because, so much, yeah, guys. Loads loads of stuff that that we're uh, that resonates with what we're doing. So. Um, thank you very much um, chat crew please show some love for Latasha um, we wish you every success we'll, we will be following you closely um, and yeah thanks so much again mad bless everybody take care bye